God, we just thank you this morning. Oh, Jesus, the price you paid, Jesus. We remember this morning, Lord. Yes. We remember the cross, Lord. We remember Jesus. We remember Jesus, how yes. you paid the price for us, Lord, yes. for every person in here, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, this morning that there's nothing hidden from you, Lord. Right. Oh, Father God, that we can't sweep anything under the rug. But, Lord God, you see it all. You see everything we've ever done, Lord. But, Lord God, you love us. You love us regardless. Yes, you, you paid the price for us. You forgive us, Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord God, we can't hide anything from you. But you accept us just how we are. Yes, you do. And, Jesus, we thank you for that this morning, Lord. For your love, Lord. For your blood, Lord. For the way that you made for us, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God. And Father God, I just pray this morning, if there's anyone in this place that doesn't know you, Jesus, that this morning would be the morning of their salvation, Lord. Oh, let it be, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Choir, great job. That was great. That was a, that was a choir. I've been working on that one. Hallelujah. Everybody doing good? Amen. Amen. Debbie? Is it too early? Amen. He's alive. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Somebody get excited for God. I tell you, we could be in a lot worse places right now. Praise God. Well, welcome to Church on the Hill's Easter service. So glad you're here. Easter is all about changes. Changes. You know, there's something about life. It's just all about changes. God took the absolute worst situation possible, the death of his son, and he turned it around for good, and he changed the world. Easter changed history. Did you know that every time you write a date, it is centered around the death of Jesus, whether you're saved or not? It is the focal point of the world, not just the United States, but the world. It's the most important event in history. More than that, it is still changing individual lives like you and me. In Romans 5.10, it says, If we were put on earth, if we were put on friendly terms with God, what does that mean? If we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of His Son, that means that God isn't mad at you anymore. Amen? If we're put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of His Son, just think how our lives will expand and deepen by the means of his resurrected life. We are to change. Anybody here been expanding? Yes. Amen. We are to expand and deepen by the means of his cross, by the means of the resurrected life. The purpose of uh, Easter, catch this, is not for religious people. If you're not particularly a religious person, if you have little religious background, maybe you don't really even feel connected to God or you don't go to church regularly, congratulations, this is your holiday. Jesus didn't come for religious people. 
He couldn't care less about religion. He was only interested in those having a relationship with him. Not a bunch of rules, regulations, and rituals. Jesus said, I've come for the outsider, not the insider. Luke 5.32 says, I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders. An invitation to a changed life, changed inside and out. Easter is an invitation to you. What's the invitation? To have a changed life. If you've been coming here to this church for the last few years, that's what you're going to be hearing from me, is are you changing? Are you changing? And if you are changing, how are you changing? It's important to look at yourself. What's going on in my life? What needs to change? What do you want to change about your life? Now let's focus on you just a minute. probably think you're a pretty good person. And you are. You think I've got a pretty good life. I got a good family. I got a good career. I'm a pretty nice person. I live in a great place. I've got it good. You know what? You're right. You probably are a pretty nice person, but it's nothing compared to what you could be. You're only using a fraction of your God-given potential. You were made for more than you are right now. Amen? Amen. Yes, you're good, but nothing compared to what you could be. You remember that when you're going through school and you're thinking, man, if I had just applied myself, think of where I could be. That's what Easter is all about, going from good to better. We're going to look at it today, how to become a better person. Let me tell you how you don't become a better person. You don't become a better person by trying harder, struggling around, fumbling around and doing better. That's not the way you do it. To become a better person, and we're going to look at this in just a minute, we're going to do three things. That's what we're going to look at today. But you've got to focus on the internals. If you want change, it has to start in your mind, not in your body or your behavior. It starts in the way we think. A lot of times we think that if we could change something external about us, that will make the difference. If I change my hair, if I change my clothes, the car that I drive, if I change the externals of my body, if I lose weight. You think that in your mind, if I lose weight, people are going to look at me different. You know what? I haven't changed. I'm still the same person. I wish it were that easy. It's not easy to lose weight. Don't don't get me wrong. But... But you think if we can just change the outside, it would change me on the inside. Some people even go as far to to change their name. Let's take the rap star Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy kind of had a rough time a few years back. Thought, you know what, I need an image change, so I'm going to change my name. Now going to be P. Diddy. Now he's just Diddy. You know, and when the rubber meets the road, he's just plain old Sean Combs. But you think if I change my name, it's going to change who I am. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be nice? If I could just change my name, it would change my character. Puff Daddy's character didn't change. He was just trying to divert attention. I got. I'm a new person. I've got a new name. Really? I don't think so. You got to change on the inside. You got to change on the inside. That's what Easter's all about. It's about changing the inside of you. And God says, here's the first step. If you want to become a better person, number one, 
open your mind to God's power. Open your mind to God's power. Romans 12, 2. Come on. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You don't change by trying harder. You know, the average New Year's resolution lasts two weeks. Why? Because that's about as long as willpower lasts. Anybody been there before? I'm going to do this. and it, You're lucky if you make it two weeks. I'm lucky if I make it till the sun goes down. Amen. Somebody say something. Do something. Am, am I stepping on toes talking about New Year's resolutions? Willpower. You try real hard, then you get tired and you give up. I'll do it next year. Next year. I'll get it next year. I'll start it next month. You change your life by changing the way you think, by opening your mind to the possibility. The Say possibility. If you will just come to the possibility, to the belief in the possibility of God, the possibility that God exists, opening your mind to the possibility that He loves you, that He knows the problems you're going through and that He can help you. It starts by opening your mind to the possibility that God is real, that He exists, and that He loves you, and that He wants to help you. Ephesians 7, verse 19 says, I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great God's power is to help those who believe Him. It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Do you hear that? The same power that raised Jesus for the dead is the same power that exists to help you in your situation. Do you catch that? It's the same power that raised the dead. Don't you think that if God can raise the dead, He can raise a dead marriage? He can raise a dead dream? He can raise a dead career? God can do anything, but there's a key in this verse. It's one word. Understand. That you'll just begin to understand. Do you catch that? Possibility. Just believing there is a possibility that somebody can help you. That's the start. We go through church our whole life and never come to this point. We just sit there and sing the songs and go through the motions, but never come to the conclusion that there really is a God that's wanting to help me. When you come to that point, you will step out and you will ask. You know, my oldest daughter is always afraid to ask because she thinks she's going to get a no. And I'm having to ingrain in her, you've got to ask because you might get a yes. You've got to believe in the possibility of a yes. My son couldn't care less. He'll ask for the moon and ask for it 50 times, but my firstborn won't. There's something about kids. Some think that they're overstepping their boundaries and just need to receive whatever they're giving them. Other kids will go take what they want. My firstborn's not wrong. God made her that way. But I'm having to teach her. Sometimes you've got to ask. Let me tell you, with you and your walk with Christ, sometimes you've got to ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask. But that's where this possibility comes in the possibility, then there's a chance. Are you telling me there's a chance? There's a chance. 
start opening. I pray that you'll understand how great his power is. So we start with a new understanding, a new perspective. That's number one. If you want to be a better person, number two, open your heart to God's grace. Such a big word. What is grace? It's when God gives you what you need instead of what you deserve. When God says, come on home, I'm not mad at you. Grace is when God forgives you and then he gives you a second chance and a third and a fourth and a hundred and a thousand chance to come to him and to start over. Grace is the power that God gives you to do the changes in your life that you can't do on your own. We all need grace, so we need to open our hearts to God's grace. God shows us grace 24 hours a day, 24-7. The next breath you take is because of God's grace. You have nothing without God's grace. Zero, zip, nada, goose egg. Nothing. Literally every single thing in your life is because God is good and gives you what you need and not always what you deserve. Maybe you'd say, wait a minute. I've earned what I've got. I've earned what I've got. Where do you think you got the power or the ability to earn? Where do you think you got the brains? What what brains? The health, the mind, the arms. Think for a minute about the creative process that God has in store. Somehow God, and this is just a very tip of the iceberg, God created us so that when we get hurt, we heal up. Explain that. You try to do that. You try to create something that will recover itself when it gets hurt. It'll blow your mind. The doctors can, can explain why we heal. We try to do it. Try to grasp the creation process and everything that I've got. Just think about the eyes and how we can see. And how, Tommy, you look at something and see a color and I see the same color. That right there just blows my mind. Why doesn't he see a different color than I see? Or is it exactly the same color? Do you ever let God just blow your mind? Does a burn feel the same to me as it does to you? Does a smell smell the same to you as it does to me? Does it mean the same thing to you as it does to me? Just take a minute and take in who God is. You know what happens? Possibility. Go out here and watch the sunrise. I guarantee you it means something different to me than it does to you. doesn't mean it doesn't mean more to you than it does to me. It just, it just means something to me. I like a sunset a lot more than a sunrise. Because it's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Amen. God is good. Everything that you have is because of God. The next breath you take. And we, sometimes we don't understand this grace, but Scripture says that God wants to shower us with His grace. Ephesians 1.8 says, God has showered upon us the richness of His grace, for He understands us and knows what's best for us at all times. God understands you better than you understand yourself. God knows me and what makes me tick. He's watched every moment of your life. He saw you formed in your mother's womb. He watched you take your first breath. He knows every thought you've ever had, good, bad, or ugly.
Man, I'm going to have to go change my clothes. Can we run that back so I can test it for the next service? Just stay put right there. Get ready, everybody. Okay, that's how it's supposed to work. And we've got subwoofers under the floor, and it just about made me fall down. What that was. So much for the sound effect. Amen. Sometimes you think there's a big thud going on in heaven when God realizes what you've done. He already know, he he already he already knows. He already knows, Artie. I can't get it right. I'm country. My daddy's from Jackson County. Amen. Nardy. He has seen it and he still loves you unconditionally. That's called grace. But sometimes we think we've got to help God's grace out. From time to time, we have somebody come and clean our house. And it... Help. Mute it. Um, we have somebody help clean our house. And it never fails. Elizabeth gets on the intercom or she gets everybody, everybody down here. And she lines us all up. And she gives us instructions. We're going to clean the house. What do you mean? We've got somebody coming tomorrow to clean the house. What do you mean we're going to clean the house? Why do, why should we have to clean the house? Well, but so the person can clean. What does that mean? So they're not wasting their time cleaning up our mess. They're cleaning, they're deep cleaning. Whatever that means. But that's what we feel like in our lives. Before we can come to God, we've got to clean up our mess. Before God will ever receive us, we've got to get all this nasty stuff going on in our lives and get it cleaned up. We think we've got to clean before God cleans. And that's not true. I don't have to get my act together. God says, come to me. Bring the good, the bad, the ugly, the embarrassing, the stuff that you're ashamed of, the stuff that nobody knows about. Bring it all to me and we'll work on it together. You say, but you don't know what I've done. I don't know what you've done, but God does. He already knows. He knows every single thing you've done. He, his response is, this might shake you a little bit. It doesn't matter. Like Romans 3, 1, 2. Now, I want you to grab this one. God says he will accept us, acquit us, declare us not guilty for all the things we've done wrong in life if we trust Jesus, Christ Jesus, to take away our sins and we can all be saved by the same way by coming to Christ, no matter who we are or what we've been like. No matter who we are or what we've been like, he already knows. He already knows. The fact is, we've all blown it. Not one person under the sound of my voice bats a thousand. We've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. I don't live up to my own standard, let alone God's standard. I disappoint myself, much less disappoint a perfect and holy God. We've all made mistakes. But God says, I want to erase all your guilt. I want to wipe out all the things you've done wrong. I want to eliminate the shame. That is called grace. This is an Etch-A-Sketch verse in the Bible. You remember the Etch-A-Sketch? You draw on it and everything just gets all blundered up and you shake it up and it's clean. And we start all over. Let God do a shaking in you today. God says, I want to wipe the slate clean from everything you've ever done wrong in life. A thousand years ago, God knew that you would be sitting here today, April 12th, 
in all good Tennessee at church on the hill just so he could get you still long enough and get your attention to say to you, you matter to me. I love you and I've seen everything that's gone on in your life. And you can start over this time and I'll help you. That's what's going to be different. You're not just going to try harder and under your own power try to be a better person. This time, I'll help you. It's never too late to start over. So how do we get God's grace? It says in Ephesians 2, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. It's not based on our ability. It's God's work and it's his idea. It's God's work and it's his idea. You will never earn God's grace. You'll never deserve it. You'll never be good enough for it. You can't buy it. It's simply a gift, a gift of his love, a gift of his forgiveness, his help to change. And all we do is humbly accept it. It says in James 4, God gives grace to the humble. So let, big word, let, let God's work, let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he will be there in no time. I hope you'll do that today in this service. I hope you'll say a quiet yes to God. Yes, God, I want to open my mind to your power and open my life to your grace. If you will do that, you will never be the same. You will see changes in your life that you thought never possible. And it will make an incredible difference because God's grace changes everything. Do you want to change? Do you want to be different? Do you want to be better? Open your mind to God's power. Open your heart to God's grace. And finally, open your life to God's love. If you've been coming here, we've been talking about the love of God. It's time to open your life to God's love. No one will love you as much as God. He loves you unconditionally. And it's not based on anything that you do. He loves you because he mated you. Mated you. Because he made you. He, he created you to love you. And he created you to know him and love him back. That's what he made you for. And Jesus Christ proves how much he loves you. Proves how much God loves you by coming and dying on the cross. Even before you understood it or even knew it. He did it before you could even understand it. It's not based on you. Ephesians 3.16. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. As you open the door, that's your choice in your life. And invite him in that you'll be able to feel and understand how long and wide and deep and high his love really is. And how to ex and to experience his love for yourself. That's my prayer today. That you will experience the love of God. Not just that you know it in your mind. Because you've probably heard God loves you. So what? If you've never felt it, then you've never been changed by it. It's only when you experience, when you feel the love of God, that it starts transforming you inside. Open your life to God's love so you can feel it. And when you come home and you say, God, you made me, but I've been disconnected from you. Maybe all my life, 
but I'm coming home. You know what happens? God throws a party for you. He says, welcome home. Welcome into my arms. God said, the word says that he throws a party for you. He says that we, we throw open the doors, our doors to God. That's me. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We think that we made the first move. We didn't. God's already sitting there waiting. Here I am. We go and we, we give everything and we think, Lord God, I'm about to jump off and I've been hurt so many times and Lord, I'm going to open the door to you. When you open that door, you realize there he is waiting for you. He is waiting for you. He is ready to rescue you. If you don't get anything else that I say, catch this. It is key. You were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life does not make any sense. You were made by God and you were made for God, for a relationship with Him. You weren't put on this earth just to go to school, to get a job, to make money, to spend it, to retire and to die. No, you were made for an eternal relationship with God, one that goes on for eternity. Would you throw open your door today? Would you throw open the doors of your life today and say, yes, God, I'm coming home. It may have been a long time. It might have been your whole life. But if you do this, here is God's response to you. Jesus has his arms wide open for you. Has God been trying to get your attention? I think that's why he brought you here today. Because you were made for more than your living. Far more. God wants to help you. Father God says to you today, you can start over. And this time. I'll help you. Easter gives us the power to start over. Jesus gives us the power to keep going. He gives us the power to change. The bottom line is Easter is not about big musical productions, big crowds or big numbers. Easter is about a personal, intimate, internal change in me and in you. If you miss that, you miss the whole purpose. And you may have been saved your whole life. You may have been baptized in the Holy Ghost for so long. You may have been walking with God. But God's calling you to change. You may be completely separated from God. You may have given your heart a long time ago, but you took it back. God's calling for you to change. You may have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is not by chance that you're here today. God knew that you'd be here today. And He is drawing you to Him. Would you receive him? Would you receive him? Church, you've got to want to change. And you've got to make the move. We've seen a lot of ifs. If we will do this, God is going to do it. If you will confess your sins to one another, then he will wash us clean. If. Will you do the if? Church, come to Jesus today. We're going to close the service with a prayer. And I'm going to invite you to follow me in this prayer. You don't have to say the same words. It really doesn't even matter what you say. It's the direction of your heart. God knows your heart. You can't fool him. You can fool me. You can probably fool your spouse. But you can't fool God. What matters is the direction of your heart. Just saying yes to God is enough. But as I pray this prayer... If these words kind of express what's in your heart, then say it with me. 
take the first step. Would my uh, those that are ministering with me come up? Will everybody stand up? And we're just going to pray together. First, I'm going to pray, and then you, you can follow me in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, there are people here today in this sanctuary who have never begun a relationship with you. They know about you. They know that you exist, but they haven't really gotten to know you personally. So today I pray that this Easter you will give them the courage to open their minds and their hearts and their doors and their life to you. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to make a change, will you pray this with me? Dear God, I'd like a fresh start in life. I don't want to stay the same. There are things in my life I know need changing. As much as I know, I want to open my mind to your power and my heart to your grace. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me. I don't understand it all. But I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Help me understand that more. Jesus Christ, I want to open my life to your love and your grace and your power to change. I want to get to know you. I invite you to be the master of my life. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. If that's the first time you prayed that prayer, I want you to know there is a party in heaven right now being thrown for you. Scripture tells us that when the one sheep is away, that heaven rejoices over that one more than those that have stayed put. That even though we have been away and we've been messing up, that God rejoices for our return. If you've given your heart to Jesus this morning, I want you to know that your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And someday when this world ends, when we die or when Jesus comes back, He's going to know you. And your name is going to be there. If there is anybody here under the sound of my voice that is in need of prayer, battling things in your life, whether it's financial or emotional or physical, maybe you need healing, we want to pray with you. If you just gave your life to Jesus for the first time this morning, I want to ask you to walk this aisle and let us pray with you. Would you do that today? Step out today and let the Lord touch you.